Welcome to the mind of Lance Skurve, the most creatively profound man in cyberspace. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lance Skurve. We are going to be on fire today, creating content, moving things forward, improving everything as usual. I just want to let you know that we're over here working hard because we love it. It's a labor of love. And the show we did yesterday was phenomenal. It brought me a lot of motivation to see the enthusiasm in the chat room and with the comments and all things concerning the presentation. So I go around thinking about things I can do to improve the show and to improve everything. Now, I know that it's a bit early on the East Coast. It's got to be 7.01 a.m., but that's okay, because as you wake up, there will be constant content being put up today. I have two articles I have to write. I was going to make up for the other one yesterday, but I tell you, nature took over, and what can I say? It is what it is. But also pinned in the chat room here is the Landscurve What's Up channel. I just want to say it's safe to join. And you can keep up with the latest content, articles, videos, and announcements by joining that channel. You click the link, and you're completely anonymous. This is not a WhatsApp group. It's a WhatsApp channel. So it's a one-sided communication, but, and by you joining, no one else will see your number or see anything about you. You'll only get the announcements. Say, for example, if I want to postpone a show, or there's a last-minute show that comes out. Understand that. NFN Shaka, how are you? I know where you are, but just place where you are. We want to show the global influence of our family here. And I know you're in DR, Dominican Republic, and that's wonderful. You know, I'm going to tarry right a little bit and allow folks to come on in, but I'm not going to wait too long. Behind the wheel, yes, good energy, good energy. Yes, I'm glad you're here. That's right. Let's get a, let's get a, 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 a location check, right? And if you ever want to give shout-outs to loved ones and to people who are in your family, your circle, your school, your military base, or whatever it may be, you can always feel free to do that when you come on in. You know? That's what it's all about. So what I'm going to do is, um, let me see, I just started. I got a message and whatnot, so I'm going to have to wait with that message. The show just started. Well, if you can see the title, The American Dream Never Existed for Us. And why did I want to talk about that today? Well, the reason why is I saw a documentary yesterday as I was doing some of the uploads and the behind-the-scenes stuff, and it was about the failing economy in parts, different years, how it came back somewhat, and how it's kind of fallen behind again. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm a realist. And I saw many people from middle America that didn't look like us, and I'm not using or saying these words with any venom. I just want to share a few thoughts and really give a few reasons why this place is not what it used to be, America. But for many of us, 
it was never where we realized the so-called American dream. Because even when we did, we had to work so hard, work extra jobs. And you'll have some people in middle America, and when I say middle America, I am not saying or referring to us. Middle America, patriotic individuals living in their small towns and small cities, because, see, that's the most the majority of what America is all about. When you go on social media and you don't live in the United States, you think New York, Chicago, Dallas, Miami, Los Angeles, uh, uh, other places, Detroit, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Washington, D.C., you think that, I'm not saying you, but others think the biggest cities are the majority of America. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's those small little hick towns where you don't have much opportunities except to go to the military or work at Walmart, okay, or have your little diner for the truckers coming through. That's what I'm speaking about. And those are the places that may not be very welcoming to us. But many of us already knew that it's several times harder for us. Now, is that a defeatist attitude? No, it's not. It's a realistic attitude. So we had to always work hard and harder because we knew what was against us. It would be nice if we had the same perks and opportunities like others had who may not look like us, but it's not that way. And in contrast, to see in this documentary, which I'm going to pull it up and I'm going to put it in the description area below so you can see it the same way. In contrast to the American dream never existing to us, how do these migrants feel when they're invited into a country, given places to live, given, I would say, a monthly salary? They'll say a stipend. No, it's a salary. You're given money. You're given cards loaded with money. You have subsidized dwellings, apartments, and homes. You're given this stuff. So am I asking or saying that I want this stuff? No. Malisha, how are you? Welcome this morning in. I was kind of looking for you. <laughs> thank you for being here. And thank everyone who's here who may not be in the chat room. You're listening. That's good enough. So how does it make even to put our feelings aside? I'm not favoring anybody else. How does it make them feel who never included us in the American dream. And for the others who are listening, because this is going across several platforms, don't tell me, well, you had a black president, you have Oprah Winfrey, you have Shaq, and you have uh, uh, LeBron James, and you have this actor, Tyler Perry's doing very well. Well, listen, those are those people who are chosen. And yes, it wasn't like, hey, Tyler Perry, we're going to set you up. I understand he had to work very hard, very hard. And I'm also hearing a lot of the story that he put out there is not true, just on a side note. That homeless thing and all that, you know, because the gay community will blow you up. And he has separated himself from that community because he was, he was big in it. But he had to change his uh, imagery, you see. so. These people are chosen so that it appears that we are successful. And excuse me, I'm still getting over a cold. I feel a lot better than I did yesterday and the day before, but it's taken some time. So these people are placed to give the perception 
so that when we complain about something, well, when you have Oprah, you have Tyler, you have Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, you should be happy. Okay, we still realize the reality that we have to endure. And again, I'm going to say that in certain points, certain things in America are still world class, right? But for us to get to that point, it, the majority of us, it's a struggle. And what is the American dream anyway? Let's break that down. We're freestyling right now. I still have a few notes jotted down that I want to read. But what is it really? You want to work hard? You're not saying you want to uh, circumvent the hard work part and, and, or earning. I like the idea of earning. But I will work hard to jumpstart the earning, to put me in place, right? But you work hard. You have a goal. Whatever area of expertise that you're in, well, what? You want to end up with that nice home, they always say, with the white picket fence and the 2.5 cars and, you know, the, the, the children and you, know, you have a home and you, you have a mortgage, which will eventually pay it off and, you know, you get to go on trips and, and, and you have your nice home and just all of that. Everything is smooth in a, a nice suburban subdivision. Where everybody is smiling and waving and wishing each other well, and this is just, you know, utopia. Now, with this American dream that they tell us, how many of us have had it that way? When you go to school, you come out of school, high school, you, 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 you go to college, you come out of college, you meet someone, you marry them, you buy this home, of course, you're employed. You work at some big company. That's paying you six figures. They don't say that, but that's kind of what they're saying to you. If you follow the rules and play it safe, you will make it. Right? And so some of us go into that, and some of us have done that. There are whole families that I know that have gone to college and come out and whatever, but for all the people that look like us that I know, it's not like that. It's not like that. And it's not because they didn't try. And when you don't make it in the American system, as a black man or a woman, oh, you're a failure. You hear the whisperings. They're lazy. They don't really want to work. And we know the argument. I'm not going to get redundant and say, well, we built this place and whatever. But karma. And let me say to those who don't look like me, I'm not mad at you, but you have to understand that you are enjoying the benefits of stolen goods, and there's a karma that comes along with it. Now, we know back in the day when we were younger and more foolish and didn't understand the laws of karma, somebody come, hey, man, hey, yeah, what's up? Man, I got a CB radio here, man, new in the box. It's working. Where'd you get it from? Don't ask me that, man. I'm asking you, do you want to buy this, man? Man, this thing is like $250. I said, yeah, I see that it is. I know about CB radios, right? $50, man, just give it to me. I said, hold on. Let me see it. Let me plug it in. Yeah, go ahead, man. Plug it in. Everything's working. I bought the CB radio. I took the CB radio home. I installed it in my van. It was working for two days. <laughs> for two days, 
something went wrong. That was karma. It was a brand new CB radio, whether it's a VCR, TV. We know what happened back in the early, middle, late 80s, early 90s and coming on up. We know what people would be selling out in the street. But I never had luck with those things because it was stolen goods and I knew better. It would not be blessed. And I'm saying blessed, not in a Christian way, but in a universal sense of the creator and spirituality. There's balance to this world. And some get away with things a little longer and some don't. How could America last so long as a young country? And you expect it to be this way for another 500 years? Do you expect it to be this way for another 100 years? Do you expect it to be thriving for another five years? And I'm not a doomsayer. I'm not some fire and brimstone type guy that wants to see doom, but I kind of see and I kind of saw a few things coming because my memory goes way back. And I'm looking at how much gas I have in my personal tank. And I see so many of us out here every single day talking the same talk that I heard from single-digit ages as a little boy in the late 60s. I can't say I came out the womb on April 8th, 1963, and I was totally conscious of what was going on. But I had parents that told me as much as I wanted to know. If I had the presence of mind to ask or inquire, then they would tell me. They wouldn't tell me the story. Oh, yeah, that's how kids come on, you know, the little bird delivers. No, they told me. So I had a very realistic view of reality. And when they said back in the day, we need to wake up, we need to unite, we need to come together. Well, that was the most coming together that I ever saw us in the late 60s. Now, as I got older, looking back to the 60s, I realized that I didn't know all of that then. But I heard the talk. I saw the black Muslims, Nation of Islam, in its first manifestation under Elijah Muhammad. Not with the final call, but Muhammad speaks. The original paper of the Nation of Islam. Those original guys. Right? I, used, I remember them walking down the street. And they were different. They were pushing business. They were pushing being independent. They weren't saying, oh, we have to go after the American dream. Because regardless of what you say about Muhammad, um, I was going to say Muhammad Ali, Elijah, <laughs> I just finished watch, watching a few boxing clips, right, earlier. Elijah Muhammad, Malcolm X, eventually Minister Louis Farrakhan, no matter how you feel about them, the things that they were talking were dead on and, and closest to reality. Charles Wilson, welcome. Welcome on in, brother. I'm glad you're here. Oh, yeah, when I see you all filing, it just charges me up. We freestyle. And I still have a few things I want to read, but and I'm going to go for those things a little quicker because if I really go by the feeling in my heart, this would be like a six-hour show, and I have to keep it around an hour, and I know it's going to go a little, a little more. But it's amazing to me to see how America has gone down the drain. and so-called mainstream America, which doesn't include us, and that's the way I'm framing it. This is a read-between-the-line type show. Mainstream America is finally realizing 
that the American dream, while never existing for us as melanated people, it really never existed for them. They were the first ones in on that Ponzi scheme and was riding high, and they didn't care about us. And should we be insulted that they don't care about us? No. But they say this dream after all of these hundreds of years of treatment. They were supposed to have a kumbaya moment because we had a black president that focused more on Latino issues and LGBTQ issues and chastised us. I wasn't foolish in those days when Barack Obama was coming into power. Not real power, but we know he's the, he's the faceplate for the, the, the string pullers in the shadows. But I thought something would break, maybe. And all the pomp and circumstance and all the, you know, oh, man, this was like, that was Jesus. I'm not saying he was, right? But the way people went on and the Jesus they waiting for, oh, man, when I was driving a bus, the people, the poor people in the area, in different areas, Ivy Lane, Washington Shores, right? Richmond Heights, Richmond Estates, Angelo Park. Those are the routes that I did. With my own people. Sometimes they get a little bit annoying, but I never had an incident because I know how to communicate to my people. And I used to hear them in the bus, yeah, man, <laughs> when that old, boy, and, and it would never get the name right before he became president. When that Baraka, what's his name? Obama? Barama? They were jacking the name up. But they had this belief and they had this hope that. Man, I got $16,000 in, in, in credit debt, man. When Barack Obama get to be president, man, I know that whole thing going to get wiped off. They were going on and above, over and above. Like there's going to be streets lined with gold, but black people are going to be first. And like he said, he's the president of everybody. You should have you known that anyway. And you should have known that there was a purpose bigger. He was George Bush, part three. He's a father, a son, and, and, you know, they're all related, whether you believe it or not. And there's so many things that we don't even know about that man, but I'm not here to talk about him. But he squeezed out the last bit. You know, you got that ketchup, plastic ketchup bottle, and there's seven people sitting by the table. But there's only enough ketchup for five people. So that sixth person gets the ketchup and they're shaking it and they're squeezing it and you hand it to the last one. Well, that was Barack Obama. He squeezed out the last to get you hyped up, melanated black man and woman, that maybe this thing could work. And there were so many celebrities coming behind him. The American dream. And then you had Donald Trump come in and all the rumors surrounded him. But he faced things square on. He does have a good record, regardless of what he said about grabbing the P word and all this other stuff. But who knows? We don't know what to think. But you know what we can do? We can turn that energy in on each other. That is, we, we're, we as a people are so damn sick that we're always looking for a savior. But we have been the savior for every people that have come to America to toil and work on their empty promises to build them up, all of the industries, all of the infrastructure, everything they have, we broke our backs for it, and we're still on the corner with a tin cup begging, symbolically. And this is why on the banner, you will see Joe Biden, 
next to a rat or a rat-looking thing in Times Square with an Uncle Sam outfit and that little Starbucks cup there in front of that rat is the big money. Big money. But yet, they print up so much money to give to other countries. Look at Ukraine. They let these migrants in, but if you are from the Caribbean and you're black, especially from, from Haiti, they turn you back. But they bring others in and give them money. But the factories are closing that many of white America worked in and they have their big pickup trucks and they're at the diners in the morning getting their eggs and their bacon and they hear about us in the biggest cities and they don't want us who are undesirable around them because they're living the American dream. To heck with us. The media has no integrity. They push different things about us and they push falsehoods and now we have this cerebral crack pipe called a smartphone, which actually is dumbing you down. Modern technology, it means take knowledge. Take knowledge. It takes knowledge. Because you fill your brain up. How many backsides can you look at on TikTok? How many neighborhood hood fights can you look at on Instagram? How much Hollywood gossip can you look at on Facebook? And they have new platforms coming out. The porn. You don't have to go into a, 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 a video joint and go in that one little room that was boxed off and look at these, you know, and you make a way for it when everybody's not looking. I used to do that. I had friends, man, you need to go get me a movie, man. Get me a couple of them. I ain't going in there. Everybody know me. What? Man, you going to pay me? That? Shoot, yeah, give me $20, man. I'll go in and get it for you. What you want? Give me this, give me that. I have no shame. India man that owned the place. You, you seem to be just coming into your all the time. Don't you have a girl, girlfriend? I said, no, this is a business for you, man. <laughs> I'm making money. <laughs> I was never a pimp, but I pimped that porn. You want to get it out? Hey, no problem. So I'm burning DVDs and stuff after a while back in the day. They didn't know how to do that. But I'm trying to make it. I know that I am my American dream. It comes from the inside. Why do we look to other people when we are the ones who have undergirded everything around us? And we look at it after we do it for them like they did it for themselves. We remove all of our participation and never to draw confidence from what we've done, even though it was under someone else's name on their company. And they get to get the awards and stand out front and get the articles written. Yes, we've built our company up, but they used you. And we still don't have confidence like we can make it on our own. And I say this analogy all the time. It was not an analogy. It's a way of thinking of something. You got some plumbing work you need done in your house. And you would never hire that great plumber who lives around the corner that's out of work. You'll never say, you know what, let's help the brother. I hear he does good work. Very good friends of mine he's done good work for. And guess what? You know what we do? Well, he ain't with no company. I'm not hiring him. I don't know what kind of work he do. But guess what? He gets hired by a company. Nice, pretty van. Somebody else's name on it. Nice, pretty uniform. And you call the plumbing company to come by, and you didn't know he got hired. And he's assigned to do the work at your house. Now you accept him because he has the stamp and approval 
of that oppressor. So now his work is excellent. You see how we see each other? We need to come under the guise or imagery of someone else before we accept them. And now you're going to pay three times the amount of work than if you just dealt with the man directly. Why do we have to go to other people to get work done? Why can't we find those same people who go across town on the other side of town and come back to our neighborhood? Why can't we deal with them directly? We get a better price. We're helping each other out. There are other people who wear them tall hats and wear them locks, right? The Kanye West had a problem with. They make sure they support each other. Even if they have internal conflict with each other, you're not going to know about it. They're not going to go on social media and tell their business and go back and forth and eventually one of them gets shot or stabbed. No. They're not going to do it, but we do. Just on perception. Here we are on social media. I'm not saying anybody here. It's always that way. I'm not saying anybody here. But I know people personally that have beefs with people that they never laid eyes on. And they're arguing back and forth for hours at a time. Go to sleep, wake up, check the phone, and start all over again. And you wonder why. Me? I'm not putting myself on no pedestal. Lance, how can you do a show and freestyle it every single day? And you write stuff down because my mind is not there. And don't bring me that crap. People used to always send me all, you know, what they said about me. And, and, and I'm going to say this back to them, and I'm going to tell their business because she messed around with a married man. And, and that one messed around, that little boy is sucking the pastor off. And, oh, God. After a time, listen, when you're younger sometime, this stuff could be juicy. But right now as we speak, there's a married man messing with some pastor's wife. There's a pastor who got an underage kid that's giving him blowjobs for a little money. Let's be real. We're going to hear about it. It shouldn't surprise us. There's a bank president stealing the money of the people. There's a company that's going to take all the pensions and leave people in their 60s off on their own with no money. This is, this is America, y'all. And it's the world, really. I'm focusing on the United States. And I'm focusing on the fact that we got to realize the American dream never existed for us. And those who are in this particular chat room understand that. They understand that. But there's so many who don't. Like Paul Mooney said, one day you're going to get your N-I-G-G-E-R wake-up call. And again, there are some of us who are doing well. Bless you. I'm not angry with you. But understand. But that's the minority when you look at it statistically. But, but, a lot of us are doing better than what the media projects. They don't want to project that. It's a double-edged sword. Some are doing really good, and a lot of us are doing better than what they say. So that, that way the narrative can keep going out there when they show on the news the person who got shot. Do you think they care about Rollo? Pookie or Ray Ray in the hood getting shot. But they can put out there every single day some, and I'm not saying low level like our lives are less. I'm not saying that. 
But these are the things that happened in those conditions in the place that we kind of refer to as hood, right? But they quick to bring their news cameras up there and have all the people who just want to get on the camera. Yeah, I saw it. They're going to show us at our most ignorant, our most illiterate, and just like Jungle Habitat. I don't know how many of you remember Jungle Habitat. I don't know if they still have it. I think it was in New Jersey, right? And huge safari, man-made safari. And you can go there and have lions and tigers and whatever. And you drive your car, but you couldn't get out the car because these are dangerous animals. And drive around and look at the wildlife. So this is why you see other people sometimes behind tinted windows. Let's go down to the hood and let's drive around and look and see what's going on. <laughs> look at him. He's sagging his pants around his ankles. <laughs> look, is she a prostitute? She looks like she ain't eaten a meal in six days and haven't washed in a week. And they get their rush of superiority as they think that they're enjoying the American dream and they want to feel superior for a time. And the sick part about it is you have some of us, some of us who may live in the hood and understand the pain. A lot of us are traumatized. A lot of us are like tag pigeons and have a record from early trying to survive and we can't get a job without making excuses. It is what it is. And that one person who came out of it and did fairly well for, for himself, melanated man or woman, they drive back through that place and look down on their own brothers and sisters who are not doing well. And yes, some of us want to stay in ignorance. You know, sin, sin is a very sweet thing. It is. Am I saying that it is in actuality? No. But for those who don't know better, being diametrically opposed to the things that are righteous in this world, it has a rush like sugar. See, I'm going to say it again. A lot of times I say some things and drop a little knowledge here and there. See, white sugar, even the brown sugar, sugar gives you that rush and takes away hunger really quick, but it never gave you any, any nutrition. It never did anything good for you. It feels like a good thing, but you're actually depleting yourself when you take sugar, right? Because sugar needs B vitamins to digest because it doesn't have B vitamins in it, which are water-soluble. So every time you take large amounts of sugar into your body, you are leaching your body of the B vitamins that help to keep your energy going. It's almost like having a credit card and not having to pay a dime, but you top it off. You max it out. And then now the crash comes when you see that first bill come in and you'll be paying on a high interest rate for years for that rush. That's the way sugar is. That's the way sin is. You see a man walking with his woman. Seems like he's madly in love with her. But she has a little wandering eye and she sees you and puts a little wiggle in the backside and has a smirk on her face and looks at you. And now it's in your mind. I'm going to get that. She wants me. See, that's sinful. So now the whole thrill is not the woman. The thrill is violating that man. And the man may look successful and maybe you're not successful.
And I'm not saying success is just material goods, but it may have a nice watch on, drive a nice car, and you want a bike. So now to make yourself feel good, you want some of that sugar. But it ain't going to do nothing for you. See? So you're not going higher by meeting someone you can build with. You're trying to tear somebody else down. And the thrill of that conquest is you're mad at that man who seems to be successful, and you're not, so you're going to go and try to sleep with his woman to get the rush that he should be getting from her. And she ain't no good neither. She might be mad at him for whatever reason and wants to get back at him. Don't get entangled in all of these things. It's foolishness. That's a different topic. That's an interesting topic, and I want to talk about that too. Yes, Charles Wilson, my brother. Sin is darkness and the dangerous wages of sin is death. Bittersweet is low energies, frequencies, vibrations, bottom feeders, feeders from the bottom. We all sin due to the dark world we live in. Yes, we didn't know early on. It's when you know and you keep doing it, <laughs> whatever it may be. And we don't want to get caught up in these things. But see, the American dream is a sham. For all you give, you're not getting back the same. But they make it seem if you give your all, you'll be taken care of above and beyond all expectations. That's the way it was. I'm living the American dream. Well, I'll tell you this. It took me to leave America to have a shot at living in what they call the American dream. And a lot of people who don't look like me don't like that. They come with a checklist. People I know, and I love answering the questions. Not that I have to. I'm wiping it back in their face. Old supervisor of mine from a job back in the 90s on Facebook. Hey, Lance, I see you uh, left the country. Oh, yes, I did. Um, you're really in Africa? I said, oh, yes. When I realized how much better it was for me, because remember, I'm not painting this place as being utopia. The people, the mentality, and a lot of the people here is a little off, low self-esteem, and just different things, and little ignorance here and there. But for me, see, if you go to Golden Corral or any other all-you-can-eat restaurant, and I go with you, and we get up from the table and say, okay, you going to fill your plate up? We might have some of the same things on our plate, but I guarantee you that our plates are going to look completely different, right? Because of your own personal taste. So for me, the trade-off was a good deal. I won't go into details. But financially, security, being able to do certain things. I feel like Superman, when he was shot away in the spaceship before the planet Krypton blew up and I landed on Earth with superpowers. I can think clearer. I can move faster. I have a healthy isolation away from certain things that were on me every single day, certain monkeys on my back. And I don't mean to say any drugs because for those who are a little old school, the monkey on your back meant, meant you had a heroin addiction. So I don't mean it that way. I'm just borrowing the term. The monkey on your back of a mortgage, the monkey on your back of the taxes keep coming in, the monkey on your back of, well, I got to keep on working for so many years before this place is paid for. And you still don't know. You still don't know. They may slip you a little note and say, hey, eminent domain says that we're building a highway through your property. We're going to give you fair market value, which is never really fair. 
because they're looking at it like dollars and cents. And if you ever sold a home before, how they chop it up. But this person gets this, and you got to pay this, and so on and so blah, blah. And you're like, wait a second. When you realize, when I sold my home in New York in April 2001, I realized, I said, man, I got so many good memories here. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, you should compensate me for parting with this, even though you wanted to sell it. They don't care. They do this all the time. It was like a friend of mine. He, how can I put it? He, he, he paid for the services from a lady of the evening. I'll put it that way. It'd be nice. I'll keep it PG-13. And needless to say, he was a rank novice in that world, the demonic world that that, that, that is. He was a rank novice. And she rocked his world. After they were done, he wanted to cuddle. And she was trying to get him up out of there. She said, ah, I got to go. Oh, but let's, you know, was just going to buy you something to eat? She was there for business. The transaction on the physical level was business. But his mind was blown, along with some other things and body parts of his, right? Well, he went back the next day, brought her flowers. What are you doing, man? He thought of it one way. And she knew what it was the other way. You sell your home, the, the lawyer, uh, 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 the, real estate, the real estate guy, whoever else, if you, if you owe something out to pay, and they got to make sure, chop, 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 okay, it's done. You get your money, but you know, this is all I get. The American dream. Yes. Funerary Fitness, welcome on in. I hope I stood that correctly. I'm always known for jacking up names sometimes. So when we realize that this thing is so cold and we think, well, next year everything's going to get better, next year everything's going to get better, and for some people it does. We have victories amongst the struggle. We have high points amongst the struggle. But is it because of the American dream or is it because of us? Do we, do we honor our parents or our caretakers when we're children when there's a present under the tree? No, I'm not saying I celebrate Christmas. I'm just saying this because this is something that we all know. Oh, Santa, Santa gave us. You know, Santa, your people, what's are they behind? Over and above, they still had bills to pay, but they did extra just to give you that. So why are we busting our behinds and making it happen for us? So those who do live what may look like right now is the American dream, and what we're saying is the American dream, I'm going to do with that because, because this thing is like sw swimming upstream. You had to do so much and so much sacrifice. This came from you. Give yourself credit. And for those who have supportive family members, give them credit. Don't give it to the system. The system is cold and don't love you and want to take from you and work you for their benefit, where they get more. Look, I drove a bus for many years in Orlando, Florida. And they were paying me what they would say is good money. And I looked at the other counties, and they were getting paid more, right? And the thing is, it's a government job, a government-like job in Orange County. It's a fact, but it was a private company. But it had government subsidies, which made it the equal of the other counties who had straight-up government jobs. But you couldn't beat what the other counties would do for their drivers. But I may do with it. But when you look at it, all the people 
that I drove 11 hours a day, up and down, during the rush hour, into the night, that little bit of money, they were making so much more out of me. So what if I came up with the idea to get it together with a few drivers and say, hey, let's put our money together for three years, right? Let's purchase several buses. Let's form a legal entity. And after we get up enough might financially and maybe take a small mortgage out, a second mortgage out on our home because you've got to play the game. I'm, I'm just throwing this out. If we can make a small bus company of our own, we already have people here who are mechanics and, know, and we know how to do this. We can cover every end of it and start out small and cover what the big bus company doesn't cover. We don't think. I remember when Home Depot, and I'm going to get to what I want to write, or what I wrote. <laughs> My mind is racing. I love when I'm flowing like this. I feel good. I feel good. <laughs> Home Depot came around. 1994, January. The first store in New York City opened up on Rockaway Boulevard. I was working there. I know, but from 93, they were already building the place. They already had their plan. It was already part of a bigger company. They couldn't fail. They finally got themselves in the New York metropolitan market. Then came other stores in Long Island City, in Brooklyn. Brooklyn stores 24 hours. So they're making big money. How much millions a week were they making? A lot. And they had their little chants, their little meetings, and, and, and their little feel-good, you know, so you can work yourself down into the ground. And we might promise you a promotion or whatever. But you had hardware stores that were like, oh, God. We can't compete with these people. They have the whole company in different states, hundreds of other stores that they can buy in bulk and sell the same things cheaper. But they didn't feel crushed by that. There was a hardware store that that Home Depot was right across the street from. So they taekwondoed it. And why did I say taekwondo? Because in taekwondo, you take your opponent's energy and use it against them. So they didn't close up like some of the other hardware stores several blocks away. And they shut down. We're not going to make it. We're going to get out of here before we have a disaster. No. Not that one in front. That one in front across the street was like that little Palestinian guy throwing a rock at a tank. Spirit, you're much smaller than a tank. That rock ain't going to hurt the tank. The tank can blow your head off and it can't take your spirit. You know what that hardware store did? They said, okay, we're going to change up our game. See, Home Depot has certain vendors that they work with. They're not dealing with a, on a high-end level. You see, most of us in America, we think Lowe's and Home Depot, oh, this is the ultimate. No. If you want to get good luxury custom faucets, you're going to have to go to a specialty store. They have things you can order that are nice, yes, but it's never top of the line. Trust me, I work there, I know. So that hardware store started to sell custom uh, uh, cabinet knobs, Custom faucets high above anything. Real expensive stuff. And I heard some managers, oh, they're going to be out of business because they're, they're not going to get the traffic over there. The people want to, you know, but there were some people that came to Home Depot that Home Depot advertised, oh, I'm going to go to Home Depot and shop. 
And on the way out, just, wait a second, that's the hardware store over there. Look, look at those shiny faucets they got. Look at those shiny doorknobs and and and, and, and electronic keypads. And let's let's go over there. So like Taekwondo, they use the Home Depot energy for their advantage. And that's what we have to do in an ever-changing world where we realize the American dream does not exist and never did exist for us. And if it did exist for us, we had to make sure it existed for somebody else that didn't look like us. And when you do get it, you still got to work along with them. Or are you totally independent? Because when they want to shut you down, they can shut you down. And that hardware store was so thankful that Home Depot came into the neighborhood because before they would, because hmm, I talked to the guy who owned the place and his, and his wife. They're like, yeah, well, you know, we were doing okay. A couple months out of the year, you know, things were slow, the holiday season, when Home Depot came and we changed our sign, you know, and we changed what we sold. And the things that, the lump sums of money that they had at the end of the day of one set of sales is smaller, but they were more efficient. So why can't we detach ourselves and, and, and unify? And if, if, we, if we don't unify, we can still make it not having to deal with the riffraff amongst us. And this is another one of our problems. We get all in this religious mood and get in the spirit that the Lord is going to make the last first and the first last. And so that little person out there, they ain't trying to come from the last to be the first. You pick them up and you carry dead weight. Again, we're going to have to know that every time that we make it, we can't spread our joy and our bliss with everybody who ain't trying to get it. This is why people I get around, I have to make sure that you're about something. Even if it's in a different area of expertise, I've got to make sure you're about it. Because too many times, even bringing people on the show, they're just, oh, come on. They spoke good, but you weren't really about it. And you get up on the platform and try to wreck it up and start gossiping, talking. Uh, I cleaned house last year. I clean house. Not that I'm some big media conglomerate. No. But you ain't going to mess up my little mom and pop store of a social media platform. We're going to keep it intense here. I don't need everybody. I know YouTube is removing some subscribers. They don't like me. I know them high hat or small hat people, the locks, they've attacked me, my site, other connections to social media. But you'll just stop me? You're going to stop me from going on the corner with a bullhorn? I got other things I can do. That's why they don't like a multi-talented black woman or black man who can think and they have the confidence to do what they do. I woke up this morning. I've been waking up early, 4.30 and 5 and 5.30. Used to be where I used to go to sleep at those times when I was living in America. All that tension, the noise, the tension, and whatever. Now, when the sun goes down, <laughs> I got no reason to stay up. I really start falling asleep from 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock. And I've embraced that. And it works for me. So now I get up and get my stuff done early. I got some things to do for the platform. I'm going to continue. And when it gets dark, I'm done. I may pre-record something that can go up because I do want to hit the people. I don't mean hit you, right? But I do want to be there with something live maybe sometime. If it's 10 o'clock for you, it might be 3 o'clock for me if you're on the East Coast, right? So I'll, I'll, every now and then I'll do something like that, but now I'm just going to put the stuff out as it comes. Now let me get on to the couple of pieces that I wanted to read. 
And um, for those people who say, oh, you're talking a bunch of malarkey. America's still the greatest country in the world. Look, we're helping Ukraine, but you're robbing Africa, our Kibbulon. Huh? And you're propped up with stolen goods, and you act like it's all you. And look, <laughs> if you know somebody who is living a wayward life, and there's a hit out on them. Are you going to sit down when you see them on the street corner and give them a hug and stand there for 30 minutes and just talk with them? Because if the person looking to hit that person with, uh, I don't want to say it because, you know, YouTube got so strict. They want to delete them or unalive them. And they start spraying that stuff. We ain't talking spraying out of a water hose in a drive-by. Do you think they're going to say, well, let me be very selective and make sure just to hit? No, they're spraying up everybody. So why do I want to be around somebody who is dealing in stolen goods, selling drugs, doing stuff, pimping? Because I'm going to receive the karma that's coming for them. You're in a car. One guy has all these drugs on him, and you don't know it. There's drugs in the trunk. Hey, man, give me a ride. I'm just going to, to, to the store three blocks over. And the cops pull him over. You know this guy. You don't really know him, know him. They find these drugs, and now you got drug charges. Man, I didn't know. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. Well, ignorance of the karmic law is no excuse. So all of these people who have lynched us, I didn't do it. Those are my forefathers, and I didn't do it. But you benefit from what they've done. You're standing next to them, and you're benefiting from the stolen goods and the crimes that they've done to have America's soil blood-soaked. And you can ignore it all you want to. So don't expect us to cry tears now all of a sudden that your place has fallen down. Let's go to the list of some of the things, right? Job security and benefits. We're talking America now. I'm going to go through this list pretty quick. In the past, stable employment with pensions and benefits were common providing a sense of security for workers. Now, that's not all of us. We're talking about middle America, main, mainstream America, the others, right? And for some of us, we had that. That's why we left the South and went to the North. You know, whenever we get something going, it turns into a disaster for us. Why is that? I mean, do they have people monitoring those? Oh, oh these Negroes are doing too good now. I remember when I was working at Home Depot and I started driving a dollar van in Southside Queens. Man, that was so much money. That was good money. That was such good money. I had to leave working over there. I would go to work mad. I would drive it a little bit in the morning. Sometimes if I was off, I got to go to work tomorrow. I'm losing money. So I broke off and did it full time. Man, I was making such good money. <laughs> in the street, legally. Had my paperwork right and everything. Mayor Rudy Giuliani came to be the mayor. We're going to take all of the two fair zones and turn it into one. What that meant for those who don't know New York City, and I'll speak about Queens, the subway systems in Queens didn't go all the way to the furthest parts of Queens. So you had to pay, if you worked in Manhattan or places like that, you had to pay for a bus, a bus fare separately. And then you had to pay for the train. So that was a two fair zone. So people would say, I'm living in a two fair zone. Right? So now, there was a lot of flack over how many black men were making good money in Brooklyn and Queens driving the dollar van, going along the bus routes and picking up people. But you had 
to have certain plates legally, but you were still operating in the gray area because it wasn't to go along the bus stops. But the illegal people doing it with no paperwork to be a for-hire vehicle, we can kind of mask that, right? It's almost like a person who has a real store, has all the licenses and everything, but they sell something there they're not supposed to sell. So they may get a smack on the wrist because you have your licenses for the other businesses and stuff, right? You might have a, a, a little grocery store license, but you don't have a liquor license, but you have a little area in the back where you can buy liquor and somebody tells on you and you get busted. Well, you're going to have to pay a fine. So we're making good money. It was fun. And I got a ton of stories from the days I drove the dollar van. I had not even gotten into in the streets of Southside, Queens in the mid-90s. So many crazy stories, right? Well, anyway, the government had a problem with that. These black men are driving these fancy vans. They're independent. They're making this money. They're making hundreds of dollars a day to the point where after you gas up, clean off your vehicle. I mean, I do it every day, keep it maintained and whatnot. We're changing the oil frequently, weekly, you know, because we're higher mileage, maintaining it, driving like kings. Not that driving the fans make like a king, but the, the pride that you had, like you felt like you were a conqueror. I'm going to go out today and make several hundred dollars. And after I gas up and maintain, buy some groceries, do this and do that, I'm still going to have several hundred dollars. And I don't have to be bothered with somebody standing over me. It's a wonderful time. So Mayor Giuliani, it wasn't because he cared for the people. He wanted to smash the dollar vans that so many hundreds, if not thousands of people were doing to make money to supplement their black homes and live good. He ordered that the bus company and the trains and all of the they merge, you get the Metro card, and it's a one fare zone. When you get a transfer for free off the bus, you can get on the train for free. So that knocked the potential revenue down of us who are making money. Some went for it. It didn't really hurt as much, right? Because the vans can go and go faster down to the train. And coming home, well, same thing. Some still took the buses. We still, it crunched us a little bit. Still making money. So now they want to squeeze us even more with certain Stamps we had to get. The tax stamp was $400. It went, went up yearly. Um, what was it? The insurance now. They made the insurance. They made it where you had to have million-dollar coverage. Now, we didn't have a million dollars. But the monthly payment on million-dollar coverage for that for higher vehicle status was, was almost damn near thousands or some every month. This is in the mid-'90s. But it was still good money. <laughs> the freedom. Eh, I don't feel like going out today. Or you might think you're going to stay home and somebody calls you, oh, man, the road is running hot. Come on out and get some money. Yeah, all right, bet. You count. They didn't like that. Let me read down this list. So that's what I was saying. The job security that they say they had and all this stuff. Any hustle or anything that we can come up with in our mind, they always try to shut it down. Whether we're a van on 125th Street, Manhattan, and Harlem, or whether we're doing a dollar van in South Jamaica, Queens, notice that. That anything we have that's lucrative for us and, and legal, they try to make a way to break it down. And I'm, I'm quite sure there's so many things that you can share with me from across the country and all over the world, but especially America. Let me read this thing again. I'm going to go down the list of the things that they say 
America gave them and what they lost. Okay, I'm going to read this again. In the past, stable employment with pensions and benefits were common, providing a sense of security for workers. Present, many companies prioritize profits over employee well-being, leading to job insecurity, outsourcing, and the decline of pensions. What are you going to do after you get off one of these jobs and you got one of these unstable 401ks? I mean, come on. Let me just shut up and read the list. Homeownership. Past. Owning a home was a cornerstone of the American dream, achievable through hard work and dedication. Present. Rising housing costs, stagnant wages, and predatory lending practices have led to a decrease in home ownership rates pushing many into rental or homelessness. Income inequality. Past. While inequality existed, there was a stronger middle class and opportunities for upward mobility. Present. The gap between the wealthy elite and the rest of society has widened with stagnant wages for the majority while the top earners amass unprecedented wealth. Ain't that true? Nothing I said was a lie. Healthcare access. Past, affordable healthcare was more accessible with employee-sponsored insurance and government programs providing coverage for many. Present, skyrocketing healthcare costs. Oh, I thought there was somebody knocking the door. I'm sorry. Skyrocketing healthcare costs coupled with inadequate insurance coverage, leave millions without access to necessary medical care, leading to financial hardship and health crisis. Education affordability. Past. Higher education was more affordable, allowing students to pursue degrees without crippling debt. Present. Soaring tuition fees and student loan debt have created barriers to education, perpetuating cycles of poverty and limiting opportunities for socioeconomic advancement. Criminal justice system, past. <laughs> ah, this is for them people, though, right? The justice system was aimed for rehabilitation and focused on reducing recidivism. Present, mass incarceration, fueled by for-profit prisons in harsh sentencing policies. This proportionately affects marginalized communities. That's us, perpetuating cycles of poverty and disenfranchisement. See, I don't want to say the racial thing in this article that I wrote, but the bottom line, because, oh, he's getting racial. No, I'm putting all the sugar inside the medicine that will make you take. So you can't say. So you know I want to go, I can go more harsh, right? Political corruption. Past. While corruption existed, there was a stronger sense of accountability and transparency in government. Present. Scandals, corporate influence, and special interest groups undermine public trust in elected officials, eroding the democratic principles and exacerbating societal divisions. Infrastructure decay. Past, investments in infrastructure maintenance ensured reliable transportation, communication, and utilities. Present, 
decades of neglect and underfunding have led to crumbling roads, bridges, and public facilities, jeopardizing public safety and hindering economic growth. Environmental degradation passed environmental protection laws aim to preserve natural resources and mitigate pollution. Present rollbacks of regulations, disregard for climate change, and exploitation of natural habitats have accelerated environmental degradation, posing long-term threats to public health and ecosystem stability. Don't you know uh, the Kennedy? What's his first name? Robert Kennedy's son. Right, he discovered that in the majority, the overwhelming majority of black communities across America were always located near toxic dumps. And I know my dear friend Luana Gelsa in Orlando, who's run for District 5 city commissioner several times, she blew it up that in the Paramore area, that whole black area that has historically been black before they built that area up that black people dominated it was built over toxic land but they gentrified it now and there's still some black folks holding on but it wasn't like it was when i first moved to orlando it's some like some reservation now people are dying they get locked up it's, it's just all types of craziness there Right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, let me see this one here. All right. I read that one already. Let me go to the next one. Mental health crisis. <laughs> Past mental health issues were stigmatized, but addressed with greater sensitivity in support systems. Present, a lack of access to affordable mental health care, coupled with societal pressures and economic instability has led to a pervasive mental health crisis with rising rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide. Social cohesion. Past. Communities were more tightly knit with stronger social bonds and support networks. Now, I'm going to say, this wasn't some interracial we all hold hands and come by out when I write this. I'm saying each community as it was whether you're black community, white community, whatever. And even in our community, we got more haters now than ever before. But you had Black Wall Street doing so good, and you had several other places. We, we, we celebrate, we not celebrate what happened, but the victory of having a Black Wall Street that had nothing to do with anybody else and had so many millionaires and we depended on each other, they didn't like that. So they had to destroy it. That's why I say every time we have something good going on, something is coming along to destroy it. And it's not just on big levels. You got a good black business going on, here comes somebody trying to make up a way to sue you. You have a good marriage, here comes somebody trying to tempt one of the partners or whisper in their ears so they can hear you argue and get pleasure from that. So I keep all these people away from you. But we did have better social cohesion. We did. And it was just, God, it was just crazy. Access to justice. Yeah, you see that? <laughs> the legal system was perceived as impartial and accessible to all, regardless of socioeconomic status. Present, disparities in legal representation. 
punitive measures against the poor, and systemic biases within the judicial system undermine the principle of equal justice under the law, perpetuating injustice and inequality. Well, what else have we known? That's the presence of them. So I broke it down this way with these different um, categories. They're talking about this, but this was always known. What they see in the present as being bad, we've always known this in America, and still some of us have been successful. And when you are, you're destroyed. Public education quality. Past public schools provided a solid education foundation, fostering critical thinking and civic engagement. Present, underfunding, standardized testing, and privatization efforts have undermined the quality of public education, widening achievement gaps, and limiting opportunities for future generations. Let me tell you something. I went to public school. Public school was pretty good back then, even though it was other people running it. If you had a good family, family that you're coming home to, and they added on to it, and they showed you things, and they involved you, you were a powerhouse. Because I'll say this. At 60, almost 61 years old, I, um, of course I had life experiences. But between my parents and a supportive community and a pretty good school system, right? Pretty good because they were held to task. We had PTA meetings, parent-teachers associated meetings, and they came to the school and they were there. The parents were there, so it was out of line. You see what I mean? But all those factors, I would say, that the landscape of today, <laughs> I'm not saying this in the third person like I'm some famous person. I'm just saying it for effect. But what I am today, okay, my parents, community, experiences. Of course, I can't whip the experiences of an of a almost 61-year-old person into a 16-year-old. But by the time I was 16, I was ready for life. Maybe not emotionally all the way. You know, you got to go through relationships and heartbreaks. You understand that. But, but pretty much at 16, if I was presented with this kind of platform or whatnot, I could do it, except you hear less stories and less, less life lessons. But if somebody else was doing it and I had to run it for them, it's easy. I just didn't have that back then. But, but the basic me from 14, 15, 15 really, I'd say 15, 15, 16, the basic me was already formed. So what you see now is just that 16-year-old with lots of life experience. And I learned a whole lot. There's no way as a 16-year-old. You know what I'm saying? I'm just in the basic version of me. You know. <clears throat> Excuse me. This cold is still holding on. <laughs> Family stability. Past. Families were often supported by stable employment, affordable housing, and social safety nets. Present. Economic instability, high divorce rates, and inadequate support system have strained family dynamics, leading to social dysfunction and intergenerational poverty. Intergenerational poverty. That's a scary word. Intergenerational poverty. We're talking about perpetually being broke. My mom, my grandmama don't have it. My mom don't have it. They ain't have it. Don't look like I'm going to have it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the way it's going to be. 
We got to break that cycle. We got to stop buying things we don't need. Trying to look rich. Looking rich, but you'll never be wealthy with that mentality. Last and final one. And I, I can make a list longer than this. I just didn't want to have a six-hour show, right? Mm-hmm. Media integrity. Past. Journalism upheld ethical standards and served as a watchdog for democracy, providing objective information to the public. Well, you know, that's, that's for them, right? Present. Sensationalism. Misinformation and corporate interests have compromised media integrity, undermining public trust and exacerbating societal divisions. What has it really been fair for us? I made that list because they are complaining now. They find themselves where we've always been. That's why I made this list. So if I read something, it's kind of weak, that list. We've we always been through the bad things. And I'm here to agree with you. But since they are complaining about the American dream not existing, I say the American dream never existed for us. That's why I made the title like that. That's why I'm showing Joe Biden with an Uncle Sam outfit begging money and performing to get a few nickels. That's a sham, too. They know they print money up. They print money up for for these migrants, they print money up for the Ukraine, they print money up for any white nation that needs it. They print money up for them people there. (laughs) You know who I'm talking about. (laughs) Uh, They print it up for them. But us here, nothing. And we're not looking for handouts. We're looking for what is right. Because if you have somebody who owns a big, pretty home and they pass away, you inherit it. And you inherit the wealth that they worked so hard all of their life to attain. But if you have a people who built for so many hundreds of years, but you look at them like they're less, and your arrogance won't have you do the right thing. And again, I'm not waiting for you to do the right thing. I'm not going to wait all my life to do, for you to do the right thing. I don't think you have it in you. But if you do you know, cut that check, I'm not being hypocritical and saying, hey, my hand is out. My hand is out because I know what to do with it. And I'm going to say it again like I said before. The day they say, and I'm, I'm not being pessimistic, right? I'm just warning you what you need to do, right? The day they say we're sending out X amount of money to those <laughs> Those qualified black folks out there, we're just talking normal and regular now because I'm wrapping it down. The day they say that, get that money and get you something like some land and, and build you something on it because the day they give you and give us that check, look for the next two or three days for the American economy to finally collapse and the American dollar not be worth anything, which is severely diminished now. This is why you have to work twice as hard and longer to get the same money, and the same money is still diminished. I have to say it again, and I say it all the time. A friend of mine who is a statistician, if I'm saying it right, an older white guy who used to ride the bus told me in 2016, Lance, the 2016 dollar 
is only 13 cents of the 1973 dollar. Now, that was 2016. Mm -hmm. That was so mm -hmm. many years ago. So what is it now? What is it now? I just had to decline a call on WhatsApp because I don't know if it blocked my sound out. So if you're listening, you know, it's the wrong time to ring the phone to call me when I'm doing a live show. Do it after. Tracy J in the house. Matthew White. And let me acknowledge Donald Chapman. I don't think I did because I was running my big mouth. <laughs> I like to always acknowledge everybody. And whenever you're ready to get to that conference line, you let me know. I know it's early, but later on, if you want to do something, we can do that. You know, we'll do the conference line thing, you know. And let me just interject. I made it easy to get to the conference line. Only thing you have to do to get to the conference line, you don't even have to dial a number if you don't want. Go to LanceScurve.com. LanceScurve.com, right, my website. And when it pops up, you don't even have to scroll. You'll see a banner there, right, under the header, which says the conference line, white letters on a black background framed by red. Tap that with your finger. It will take you to a place where you can either call in if you hit that, and I would say don't, but hit the other one where it allows you to come to the, to the actual conference line like you're going to a website. Then you have no phone interference, and whoever else is there, you can talk with them. When there's no show usually or no designated time when we say we're going to be there, there's nobody there. So don't call it or hit it. I go, let me see who's talking because people are not there 24 hours. But still there's going to be people that email me and text me, I went there and I ain't hear nothing. Ain't nobody there. Well, they won't be there until we agree after a show or designate a time. So that tells me I have to be able on the WhatsApp landscape channel to designate sometimes projected times when we're going to have a conference line call that has nothing to do with YouTube or anything else. And those conversations will be recorded unless otherwise noted. It'll be recorded and put up. So don't go telling me a social security number, the pin code on your debit card or what you did last night with the neighbor's husband or wife or whatever. Don't say them things on there unless you want to get out. Because, you know, your account might be drained and your business might be uh, put out there and somebody's going to be coming to knock your head off. <laughs> Renee Green, welcome on in. Welcome on in, sister. Yeah, but this thing never existed for us. And it would be nice and rosy to think that there's always, look, isn't the thing with the, with the migrants the final nail in the coffin? They come here, don't have to follow any way of being legalized in America, but you have Haitians that come and you turn them around and banish them, but you open the borders for these people. And you know there's a lot of Chinese coming in with that also. Don't think it's just people from South America and just, you know, a lot of Chinese are coming. Everybody's coming in. Why are you letting everybody come in? It, 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 it's comparable, our Kebula man, how are you? Exactly. Darkness is not evil. It's not. But the thing is, when we have a heart that's not of light, then what is that? You see what I mean? You see, light can exist and darkness has to go. Darkness can't overpower light. When you shine your light around people, they already know what you are. But the words we can twist around. But the bottom line, there is good and evil, whether we're going to call it light or dark. 
Because also they say Satan came as an angel of light. So we don't know which one is which. We just know that good, bad. Are you bad or are you good? Are you doing what's good for, for the universe around you? Or are you just jacking everything up? Which is it? You see what I mean? So we got to think about these things. I was about to make a point and I just forgot. Oh, yeah. The migrants. We can't get reparations for what we've done and our ancestors have done. But the migrants get cars, apartments, and cell phones, and a car that gets filled up every month. Are we saying that we want that? No. But here we are, standing in line in America, and Joe Biden prioritizes Asian hate. We're getting shot, killed. But Asian hate, we must protect the LGBTQ community. We must protect Latinos. And then black people who call themselves that don't want to be black, but they'll call themselves Latino. What, what race is Latino? Right? What race is J-E-W? Is that a race? It's not a race. We're twisting everything around. We have race, ethnicity, and culture. You can be a white man in Jamaica. Born in Jamaica. Eating jerk chicken. Rice and peas. Planting. <laughs> cocoa bread. <laughs> Speaking. Patois. But you ain't black. You're a white man. But you were born and raised there and you enjoy the culture of that. And you might have the Jamaican nationality if you're born there, but you are white. The lines are being blurred in America. They're being blurred. We can call ourselves whatever we want to call ourselves and get insulted and they'll be afraid of a lawsuit. If I want to say I'm a kangaroo, you better express me as that. If you want to address me, or if I want to you to call me her or, or him or it, who wants to be called it? Remember Cousin It from the Adams Family? With a hairball with a hat and glasses on. That's to confuse us. That's to confuse us. We had the R&B singer, Tank, the other day. I think I'm going to write about that today. Man, it pissed me off when I heard him say this thing. It doesn't make you gay. I'm not going to say the way he said it. If you go down on a man and you're a man. What? Ain't nothing more gay than that. So if I take, and I have to watch how I say this, a weapon that ejects projectiles and is handheld, you know what that is, spelled backwards, N-U-G, and I aim for the head and delete and unalive a person. Oh, that doesn't make me a murderer. <laughs> yes, it does. You just murdered somebody. So you're telling me that a dude can go and, and put the man's thing in his mouth and all of that eruption and stuff? Oh, no, but that's not gay. Why are these celebrities that are handpicked like a time-release not vitamin, but a time-release poison. If you want this fame, you're going to have it. 
You're going to have millions. You'll be famous. But when we need you to say something controversial, when the time comes when we try to confuse the masses, you have to say it. And make them do things on camera so they have that threat over your head. So that's just one little, one little chop. See, <clears throat> we can take a hatchet and stand there and chop the tree until it comes down. And then you say, Lance, chop the tree down. That's why the tree fell down. You saw me chopping the tree. But if we have a crowded street and there are people walking down the street and I let everybody who walks by grab the hatchet and chop it one time. And it took maybe 1,500 chops to knock this tree down. Who are you going to blame? You can't blame one person. It's a blur. So in the psyche of our young men and women who they're targeting, because they know that the older folks, our morale and our perspectives and viewpoints are, are not hardened in the bad way, but it's formed like wet concrete that got hard. Once the concrete is hard, you don't have to watch it and make sure kids don't put their finger in there and step in there. But with the young kids, the children, the youth whose minds are open. See, we from the older school, and I know our Kevin Man and Charles Wilson understand, right, that we remember a time when everything was on these levels, right. Now, we, we know it was never right in America, the way they treated us and stuff like that. But still, this sexual confusion and, and, and being preoccupied with sex, what is it doing to the brain of the youth? I mean, come on now. We get the Spiegel catalog. <laughs> and we look at the furniture. I mean, we're young boys. 11, 12 years old, 13 years old. And for some reason, you know, we see the furniture, the console TVs, the, the technology that's a joke now. But whenever it came to the women's underwear section, we kind of, kind of lingered on that part. Like, hmm. Not because I was some cross-dresser, but because I kind of liked what I saw in a strange way. Right? So, they're presenting these things to our youth, being bombarded on Instagram and TikTok with the, I mean, my mold is hardened so it doesn't affect me, but still I am a man, and it is eye-catching, but I have my defenses up. Not that I have to defend against that, but I can't run with that. What about the young men who can't control themselves? We were so impressionable when we saw a beautiful woman or in shock if we had a shortcut through a field and ran through to the other street so we didn't have to walk around the whole block. And then in the dark, we were walking and a friend says, oh, look, look over there. And be honest, there's a woman showering and the window wasn't one of those that blurred the form. We stood there transfixed. Oh, my God. We saw real titties. That ain't nothing today, y'all. 
There's nothing. So this moral decay, I would say that was quite innocent. Why wouldn't a young man want to see breasts? Now young men, not all of them, but they're told that it's okay to want to see another man's penis and lust after it. How can you lust after this stuff? I went to school and we were in the locker rooms. I went to bodybuilding gyms and saw nudity and saw penises. Didn't mean anything to me. <laughs> no more than a Muslim who sees a pork chop joint, a, a pork shop, a restaurant. He ain't going in there. He's supposed to go in there. Some do, but. So it was. We have the strength to understand as older men, and some of us don't. But what about these impressionable young men who, yeah, they're getting to see the women, but it's mixed with something else. Or you see what looks like a woman, and it ain't. A friend of mine tried to fool me, man. He said, watch this porn clip to the end. It was only three minutes. And many have sent me those too because they see somebody from the neighborhood. Ain't that so-and-so from around the corner from you? I'm like, yo, it is. Not now. We're all older. But something they shot back maybe in the 80s or 90s. I'm like, yo, that's, it is her. Somebody got to make porn. And all these countless millions of women, you might have known somebody who shot something because they were destitute for some money at the time. But I had to sit here and watch this thing. And there's this woman, and I'll keep it decent, doing something to the man. I'm like, okay, three minutes is too long. I don't want to watch this. It didn't affect me. Then, after the woman finished, she got up and pulled her thing out because it was really a man. Then the man went and did that thing. I was like, oh, man, why you send me this? They're cracking up. Were you getting turned on when you saw that? And I said, nope. Nope. I was neutral. I'm looking at this. I'm waiting for the catch. It's almost like those things that you see on uh, Instagram and TikTok, more so TikTok. And you're watching something. You're watching something crawl across the floor. And it comes to the screen real quick and scares. Ah! And you, <laughs> that's the way it affected me. But for those who don't have the defenses now, mentally, they may not have a strong father figure. They may yearn for the strong father figure, and that makes them gravitate toward that man or that male or the, or, or the, or the, or the imagery on these movies, and then that introduces them into something else. It diverts the righteous need to something twisted. You see, it's, it's, this is a long-term thing. Like I said, time, it's a time-release demolition that might be the title of one of my articles or show. It is. It's a time-release controlled demolition where the bombs are placed in strategic places around the building, designed to be timed perfectly that when those bombs go off, that building, like the World Trade Center, and you know what I'm talking about, will come straight down. So they've placed the bombs in our mind, in our subconscious mind, 
It's okay. It's okay. Go to the elementary school pe- children and say it's okay to want to wear a dress if you're a man. It's okay if you're a guy and you have feelings toward the... It, it would take those righteous feelings of love to your brother and twist it around into something else. These people are sick. See? Sick. Evil, demonic, to want to have the controlled demolition of us. Because they're already doing the decadence. That's what they do. When they, when they were in the caves and beating up on their wives, and they were going on for the other men and do what they do. That's why when you see this whole Greek thing, you don't see no women in them statues. Little boys and grown men. Where are the women at? They talk about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. What? Was the Holy Ghost a woman? The Father and the Son, they males. What are we talking about? Incest? Homosexuality? <laughs> right? And the Holy Ghost, what was that? Some imaginary fantasy thing? I'm not saying the creator's not real. I'm not saying spirituality doesn't exist because I'm big on that. But this religion they gave us, the little things that they, the Last Supper. If I'm eating the Last Supper, <laughs> I don't be around just no men. There's got to be some women there. Balance the energy out. And you know, and maybe nobody here knows, but I know from working with the incarcerated, when many of those brothers had that last supper, you know, Sunday night, and they're about to go to court Monday, and they're going to get their sentencing. When they had that last supper, there was no man they were eating with. They ate that food, and they enjoyed that woman. And usually when they get their little mail when they're in prison so many months later, remember that night before? Well, I'm carrying a baby boy. You see what I mean? So the real last supper didn't involve a bunch of men sitting around eating. Father, Son, of the Holy Ghost. No. No, no, no. There's something wrong there. That's some European business going on there. Because I know the beautiful sisters that they have out here who are loyal and who, who, who know their role. And I'm not being sexist by saying that. Or chauvinistic. Because men should know their role. And women should know their role. And like when you shake somebody's hands and, and, and your palms touch in between the thumb and the, and the finger, you lock. Well, it's even deeper with the man and the woman energy. They interlock. And they're trying to tell the man that he needs to be a woman and the woman needs to be more aggressive. And you got these women with this masculine energy and they can do it without a man. So what you going to do it with your little battery-operated boyfriend? That's not going to bring life into the world. You have an orgasm by yourself and it's non-directional. It's draining your life force. It might feel good. But you're getting nothing out of it. Would you rather food that has no nutrition in it? Well, this food looks good and it tastes the exact same way, but it has no vitamins, no minerals, no moisture, no protein, no carbohydrates or essential fats inside of it. You keep eating and you die because there's nothing inside of it. And that's what the indulgences are in this society that are not good for us. Things that don't bring life. If it doesn't, I don't want to be around it. I don't want to be near it. That's why I'm where I am up in the mountains. I don't want to see it. To the point here in Accra, yes, nice city and all that stuff like that, but too much of the Western thinking is coming along over here. A lot of them are inspired, aspire to, oh, I want to go to America. For what? Better opportunity to do what? To wear a dress? 
to work 16 hours and not get paid. Oh, you get paid maybe really for like five or six hours, the equivalent. You have to go to bed late and get up early and you do this and you're taxed out of your mind and rent or mortgage is so high. Homeownership is unattainable for so many people now in America for inferior construction that they throw up in a couple days. <laughs> it, what man? Shoot. No way. I got too much living that I want to do. Even at this age, I'm free now. And I'm enthusiastic about my life because those monkeys are off my back. There's things you got to do. I'm still in the system. There's things I got to pay for. I still have to budget. But I'm just saying the overall foolishness is off of me. I'm going to keep it off of me. I'm not trading in my joy, peace, and fulfillment. The words I used yesterday. That together put you in a better place and a beautiful mindset. America is not going to do that for you. It's not. Because the American dream never existed for us. And whatever you think the American dream gave you is you. And remember, for whatever time it lasted, you gave the American dream to somebody else. When we were brought into this country, when the land was stolen, an evil heart thought of that dream. But it was a dream for them and a nightmare for us. That's exactly what it is. So, yeah, the American dream does exist. It's us. If we could only understand that we can do for ourselves what we so excellently have done for the other. We're on the bus stop praying that the bus driver will let us go because we're 25 cents short. But that man whose company that we built out drives past you in a drop-top Bentley, paying you no mind, not giving a damn, that you can damn near count every grain of rice that you have to eat at home in the palm of your hand, and you don't know where it's going to come from for tomorrow. Now, it may not be that bleak, but in a place as wealthy as America has been off of us, don't you think that we can get a little something from that? I'll tap this for your massa. And even when you degrade yourself, he don't even care about you. He wants to see you in pain. How dare you be so great? They used you, but they don't want you to wake up and see how great you are. And that you can do for yourself. And that you can break out of the system and live better. But we feel that we have to be up under them. I remember on one of the social media platforms, there was a white man who was speaking about how inferior American construction is. And it is. When I came out here and saw how they built their houses out of concrete from the bottom to the top. The internal walls, they know... Uh, 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 two-by-fours with sheetrock over it. No. Everything's solid. That you can go to the second floor, the third floor of a home and skip rope and nobody below you will hear you. Natural soundproofing. Mm. This, these places are ready for a Category 8 for <laughs> hurricane. Although the roof can snatch off, yes. A roof, a metal roof, yeah. The winds can blow it. 
but your structure is not going to get knocked down. If there was something ever called a Category 8, 9, or 10, it may knock the windows out from the projectiles flying. The roof might fly off, but you'll come back and your stuff will be here as far as the structure of the home. Now, water damage and electronics, yeah, all that's going to get messed up. And we don't have hurricanes over here. This is where hurricanes come from. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder why. You know, I got a few things I have to do today while I have sunlight. It is 1.36, which leaves me with four hours and 24 minutes of full sunlight. And as you well know, I want to get most of my stuff done for the platform. <clears throat> I may have some other stuff coming. It might be recorded. It might be live. I can't guarantee it, but there will be a lot more content in a varied way. All of my articles will be on landscare.com that I write, so don't miss. Check on it. Make it a regular part of your day. There'll be other things like our sister who responded to the Tyrese video. I have some more stuff from her later on today. I'm going to be early tomorrow that I put up. I'm going to keep this righteous flow. And like I said, it is so much easier for me now. I feel so much lighter. See, when you clean house and you commandeer everything and you don't have anything distracting you, oh, ho, 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 expect the best. Because just like Miles Monroe, who was a pastor, and I'm telling you, that man, that man was the truth. He said, when you die, and he didn't mean die, he meant transition. But just for the effect, when you die, you want to die empty. You want to die getting out all of the stuff that you have to get out of you to leave on this level to make it better for the people coming behind you. You don't hold that knowledge because you don't own the knowledge. You are privileged to get it. Or if you're motivational, motivate. If you're instructional, instruct and teach. If you're a healer, heal. If you're a builder, build. If you in multiple categories, we'll do the multiple categories. Whatever gifts you are given, large or small, do it. In the daytime, your hands should be constantly moving. Yes, we have to go to work. I understand it in this system. But you can inspire somebody. You can teach somebody. You can motivate somebody. You can build up somebody. You can help a person to heal with your mere words constantly. See, a smart fighter will focus on certain parts of the body or the head, that they may know who's studying them that are weak. You have a box with the guys. You have a box with somebody, and they keep hitting your shoulder. After a while, you're, man, my shoulder hurt. You can't lift your arm now. Well, whatever you do, go in on it with a laser focus, a laser-like focus, and get through. You can't beat nobody. You hit them on the side of the stomach. You hit them on the side of one shoulder, the other shoulder, in the chest. Focus your energy. Because I've always looked at things differently. When the teacher took the magnifying glass and held it up and had the sun's rays go through it and it burned through the paper, the sun rays are all over the place, but it ain't burning no paper by itself. It took the focusing of the sun's rays to burn through. I didn't just say, oh, wow, it burnt the paper. I'm always looking for the deeper meaning, and I've always looked for the deeper meaning for as long as I know. My mother understood that about me. She was amazed at that. I was gifted. I'm not going to apologize for that. 
I got into the world mm, teens and 20s. We know that. That's not now. I learned even in that period. So if I focus myself every day, I'm not looking for the result. Like, is it there yet? No. Every day. I commit to every day doing this. I've been doing it for 23 full years. And I don't feel it because it's not a thing that is a, 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 a hustle for me or not sincere or just to be seen. I want to die empty. I want to be empty when I transition. I don't want to carry anything to say, go back and finish your task, finish your mission. I want to earn my stripes. And as the Christians say, job well done. Job well done. That's what it is for me. So those who want to compete and get more hits or get more, I don't give a damn about that. If you need that to work on your past trauma that you're running away from, you know what I mean, with a fake facade, then be, look, I'm, I'm myself. I'm home. All this stuff I did not write on this down. I wrote a few points home that I want to drive home like I always do on every single show, and we freestyle around that because it comes from the heart. You understand? That's what it is. That's what it is. Spirit Traveler, welcome on in. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. We're going to talk about that, uh, Kevin Man. I just read your comment. I was busy running my mouth. You know, you see that? 2030, there'll be no Social Security for retirees. So this is why I say the next step for me is to set up a life where I do not need that. Where you're completely growing your own food. When you live in a place it is completely paid for, and you own the land, and you grow the food, and you have your solar. And you, I don't care about no damn luxury car. Because if 2030 comes and that happens, you know how many people who are retirees are going to be on the street? Who ran for the American dream their whole life? Oh. I may have to move further out. And chill, not depending on anything. Independence, true, total independence. We got to think. And I want to be in a position to help those. To say, hey, I got a little land over here. I got some guys who can help build, you can help out, you can do a little something, whatever. We'll work it out. But that's what it's going to take. So I got no time to worry about who Kanye West's ex-wife is sucking on. What man was caught in the bed with this pastor who calls himself a power bottom? Huh? Wasting time. Because these rich folks, these wealthy folks, they're gathering up everything and in their mind they think they're going to go down to the bunker. God knows what else is supposed to happen. The sun flares and solar flares. Well, our melanin will take care of that with us. And for those who can't come to the motherland or whatever, it doesn't mean you have to come here. I feel that the righteous of us will be protected. We can't think foolish. Do not waste a penny of your resources to something that's not going to help you in the future. And there will be some who have a lot more money than us who will piddle it away in a foolish manner. And those of us who have gathered our pennies and put them up in a righteous manner, while it does have a little bit of value, even though it's much less than back in the 70s, 
we'll be okay. You know, we'll be okay. You got to think that way. You see, that's what it is. Kwame, welcome, brother. Haven't seen you in a while. Glad you're here. Landon Price, yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, I also want to make it another announcement before the gossip starts. And I'm putting this at the end of the show, and I wasn't offering it in the beginning of the show because people come and listen a little bit, and that's it, but I'm putting it out there now. And I could be quiet about it. But I am going to remove a lot of my YouTube videos. I'm going to eventually put them up on Rumble. I'm going to put them, take the majority of them off of YouTube because little birdies have been in my ear. And they basically put out that the status I have on my channel is harmful content. Harmful content, 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 excuse me. The other YouTuber, which he's much more bigger than a YouTuber, Doggy Diamonds, another truth teller, they said the same thing for him. And usually when they get like that, they're going to kill your channel, <coughs> banish everything. So I am saving all of my videos in the cloud, but I will be removing them eventually off of the channel. So before people run their mouth, oh, YouTube took down this channel. No, I'm not taking down the channel. I may keep two or three months of videos up or from the beginning of the year for a couple months last year and remove some, whatever, to save the channel. After they threaten me, but that's usually the next step, right? A couple months will be the next step. I'm going to beat them to the punch. What do you mean, harmful content? <laughs> We're speaking about human nature over here. What do you mean? Because AI is used now. Not just human moderators to go through stuff, because they let a lot of things go by. And they will misunderstand you, especially a person who speaks abstract like me. AI will see certain words, and uh-oh, that video has to be ticked on the channel. You see what I mean? Yes, that will be a part two, definitely, Tracy J. Exactly. Exactly. So understand that I'll have them, and I'm going to re-upload them to other platforms, and they'll be there. But remember, I have 5,800 videos, and a lot of them are a couple hours long. That's a lot of re-uploading to the other platform, and what I have on my site is far, and this is nothing I have to tell you. Landscape.com, every video I've done has its own page and post there. When you go in and look at the video on the site, you may not see it there. Video unavailable, removed by, by owner or whatever they say. I got to repopulate that with the codes from the new platform. All of this work by myself is going to take about two years. In addition to creating content for Landscurve.com, that's going to go on YouTube and on Rumble. And I will insert the rumble version of the video. So if YouTube takes things down, it can't touch me. And once everything is done in a couple of days, because it's being done right now automatically, I done found a way. We're doing it as we speak. And once that's done, I'm taking most of those videos off of YouTube. Years and years and years and years. So they can't say. How are you going to accuse me of having a knife? 
if you can't find one on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's right, Tracy G. But I wanted to say that first before it's even done. Because we know we have these uh, uh, full-time content haters that they lurk. And they're probably here now. They make their little Discord rooms and whisper and, and this, and they just hear this. He was talking about me, and oh, and this is <laughs> so. So they can look stupid, and you can know better. Oh, I heard it. You didn't hear nothing. I'm telling y'all now before it happens. I'm taking the starch out of their little gossip sessions because I have a full time uh, 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 set of people that are dedicated to landscape gossip. I, I didn't know how I could become so famous in somebody's life when I'm a servant and just doing a hobby that I love. What the hell's going on? There's a lot of people out here that don't want to put in the work. You know, you put them on and they goof, goof off and mess up and boom, you're gone. Well, go put in your own work. But they don't want to do that because they want to gossip, whisper, speculate. Every day, hours, I'm on this thing. It may not be a show I'm on for hours, but the real work begins when I get off this line, a live show. I got to do some things, and we'll sit out in the sun and do more work. I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else, but I have a full platform, not just hold the phone up, click a video, and say something, and click it off. No. I do my stuff right, y'all, more than what y'all know. I'm highly organized. Just not even bragging. Like I said, when CNN had me, Headline News had me on that Dr. Drew show, those people asked me, how many people do you have working for you? So what are you talking about working? I can't afford to pay even one person to do something for a weekend. What are you talking about? Well, who does all of your graphics and who does all the writing and who runs the website and who? I said, I do all of that. No, you must have at least 15 people on your team. Team? <laughs> I wish. I wish. So that's what it is. Folks realize that I'm going to outdo him. I'm not competing with nobody. But I'm consistent. It's like Chinese water torture. I keep hitting the same spot. Hitting. The, sometimes I do a show. I love doing them. But sometimes I might have overextended myself the night before. I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I wish I could push this back or do it tomorrow. Can't do that. In 2001, YouTube wasn't around. But whatever this journey took me in, I'm going to be true to myself and I'm going to be consistent. That's what I said to myself, I swear, 23 years ago. But that time went quick. Scary how time can go by. You know what I mean? So that's what it is, y'all. Anybody come to you with that mess, you ain't got to tell me. If you want to tell me, you can tell me, but I'm just saying. I'm already, I'm already going to stop that one in his tracks. So, yeah, I'm, I'm saving them now. I found a way to not have to download, download, upload. Boy, I found a slick way that pays to have digital gangsters in your corner. I don't mean they're gangsters or hackers or like that, but I have some very wise people that they're there when I need them. But I'm the one doing the work. When it comes to bailing me out, they're there. You make that phone call. I feel like a gangster sometimes. Hey, I need you to do this. Don't worry about it. It's done. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I really need it. When, when after Irritated Genie, that whole situation happened, when I had him on the show, 
but I didn't have them on YouTube. That's what pissed off YouTube. And those people with the locks and the little hats, you know what I mean? The Kanye West people that he had problems with, they didn't like it. And Irritated Genie was advertised in his book, The Blank of the Problem. Woo! Direct like that? So we were on Vimeo, the one you pay for this, a platform that you can go live, store your video. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go on Vimeo and populate my whole website with Vimeo. But I broadcast on YouTube, but sometimes I won't. But I hinted on YouTube to promote it so that people can come over to the site. On Vimeo Live, and I had my own chat room on the site. The site was booming. The hits on the, I wasn't getting paid for that. But it's nice to have your own. So they black Wall Streeted me, man. I have to keep saying this. They black Wall Streeted me. How? Somebody made a call to Vimeo. And them people there, they went into my site, broke past all the fences, and rearranged the home page and put pictures of baboons and sailboats, and, and they took away the widget that I would use to put my name, my username, and my passcode as the admin of the site. So they were making it where I couldn't change and take those things away. They touched me, let me know. We can get you. Like you find a dead animal in front of your house. That's a threat. Like, yeah, we can get you. And we're going to get you. We're letting you know. So I had to make that phone call out the country. And my buddy who I've been dealing with business-wise, we're even brothers now more so. He's a personal friend of mine now. And I always speak about him. Anytime I call him, whether I have money or not at the time, he got my back. And anytime he calls me, whether he has money or not, I got his back. We are friends now. And he's from Pakistan. And he's not one of them that get them ideas about us. And I would love to know a black man who I could work along with this, but I've been screwed over. But I have to tell the truth. He can contact me if he needs, and if I have, I got him, and the same thing. And I never talked to him on the phone, never did a FaceTime with him. We only communicate off of Skype. Yes. So don't tell me what, something that, that, that you're acting like I don't know. He asked me, after years of working, he said, listen, I can't receive PayPal where I live. Just like you can't receive it here in Ghana. I got it because I already set up in an American bank to get PayPal. So I leave things as they are. And I can still set it up as an American because I have American bank accounts. But these banks out here don't deal with PayPal. So you have lots of people who are independent contractors in the digital world who can't get paid because the oppressive government doesn't want you to get paid. Why are you dragging your feet, Ghana? See, there's certain things I got a problem with here. And the other things I waited on is better for me. But now, when he gets, see, he circumvented that, he asked me, Lance, I'm telling you some personal business here, which I've already talked about already. Lance, I have clients all over the world that can't pay me. And we have to go through so many changes. Can I have them send 
what I earn from them through running their websites from where I am to your PayPal? He trusted me that much. But you know a lot of those folks over there don't dig us. They look at us like we dirt. This guy's different. I said, sure, brother. I sent him some money yesterday. That was his. Hell, my PayPal is lit, but it ain't my money most of the time. <laughs> They'll take out the fee for sending it to him. I get it. I sent him a screenshot. Hey, hey bro, you got $1,000 that just came in. Oh, okay, thank you, thank you. There's one time when I had collapsed by, by, by miscalculating and things came out. All my stuff went in overdraft. Hey, brother, you have that $2,000 that I have. You use it as you need it. You say, come and pay me back. I say, oh, my God. I'm talking some real stuff here. I'm telling you some stuff. But some of my own that I've done stuff for? Oh, man, I, I can't do it right now, you know. Oh, but you're about to buy some rims on Monday. Okay. How do you know that? Come on, man. Somebody told me, but it's okay. Some of us are good. I'm good with some of us, our own people. Right? But what kind of relationship is that? I never heard your voice, never saw your face, but you trust me because you see how I move over the years. And there have been times I've been damn near broke, but I wouldn't say anything. I'd give him his money. That's how we move. So in the middle of the night, after the Irritated Genie show, when Vimeo sent me the email and said, we can't do business with you anymore. You need to find somebody else. And, and, and it was them, them people, because it's them people, I believe, that own that thing. And they got the call because, see, they will refuse business. If you hurt one of them, all of them going to come at you and hurt you the way they need to, even if it's refusing your account. Like, yeah, we're going to mess them up now. All them videos he had is gone. So I got two years of Vimeo posts on Lanskirt.com that have no video. It's the post for it, but the embedded video is not there. I got to go back and replace it from another platform, and it won't be YouTube. I'm using YouTube now, more so than ever before, to get to the people. That's why I'll say things a certain way. Oh, Lanskirt, man, he's scared because, see, he used to talk a little different. Well, things are different now. I'd rather be a secret agent amongst my people, not against my people, a secret agent for my people, moving covertly from the enemy, talking the way they want us to talk, but still getting the job done. Because you all are intelligent. You can read between the lines. So you be slick with it. I'm not saying I'm a slave or enslaved. But those in the plantation, when they said, swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home at midnight. Or they might add at a time. Oh, that's them dumb niggas singing them church songs, not knowing they're planning to leave. You see what I mean? So when I say things in a covert way, I'd rather be here and alive to say it. So anybody who was enslaved didn't say, hey, you know, midnight. Meet me over there by that rock. We're about to break out of here. Now, how dumb would that be? <laughs> you got to play the game and be smart. But I ain't scared of that. I'm not going to throw away years of work. Like I said, remember, when it happens and it comes down, watch the comments that come in. Hey, man, man. They be coming out the woodwork. They don't support nothing. They don't share nothing. They don't like nothing. But they're going to come out to, what's happening, man? Happy. 
They took your channel down, man. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. I'm just making that known right now. You're right, Raw Reality. I'm going to play that, too. When I do my work, I'm going to play it over and over. You know, they get them 10-hour YouTube videos where they loop over, and they play it over and over and over. Sometimes I'm in that mood. You know, what's the one I play sometimes? The Imperial March. They got a 10-hour version. That makes me aggressive. I don't know, it just makes me, uh, gives me that edge. <laughs> it amps me up like I'm about to do the ring walk. And you, you speak your affirmations that, you know, I'm capable, I'm strong, I'm going to win. I'm ready to march through and knock down an army. <laughs> I want to say one more thing before I go. So this morning I went out to the yard. Woke up early. The sun had just come up. I was up before then like I am all the time. I feel so much better getting up early with the sun. And my phone don't ring as much. These people trying to keep me up late at night and have you all drain looking. A friend of mine says, Lance, when you were back in the States and do them shows late and talking on the phone so much, you were looking great. You look so much more healthy now. I said, thank you. Well, that sun is popping outside. I got to get out of here. Now, tomorrow when I do a show, if it's like that, after the show, I'm going to remove the banner and just walk out there and show it to you. <laughs> and I will do another show within the next few days out there. I just didn't want to move everything. You know, I was a little too lazy. But I went outside in the front, and I had stood there for a second. And then I looked. I felt something on both ankles, crawling up my legs. Ants. Lots of them. What the heck? I bounced back, knocked them all off, took my shoes off, and looked. And they were like six deep, marching in unison, rows of them. And there was about six different rows from other parts of the yard going to another part of my yard. They got their marching orders. See, we, we think insects don't communicate with each other. We think animals don't communicate with each other. They do. A little ant. I just happened to stand there, so I, I guess they were waiting for the order to go bite me up because I stepped on some of them. I didn't know. But look at the uniformity. And we crying about the man. We crying about it's not fair. We know it's not fair. We, we know after time it's not fair. That's why we need to shut them out and turn into with each other for unity. But I'm not, I'm not crying. We need to stand and be unified. They go talk about each other. <laughs> they go try to tear down each other. But that's why there's some people who look like me. I'm never going to deal with them because I see what's inside of them. And some people come to you with the kind words just to get in and then turn around and begin their mission of the controlled demolition of your life, of your joy and your peace and your fulfillment. I think that's very sad. You're right, Rory. I have to say that. That's because an ant knows he's an ant. The problem with us is that we do not know who we are. 
truth, truth, truth. I appreciate you all so much. I really do. I just want to get better at what I do in every phase of my life, not just here. Because my life is not a show. My life is not just a YouTube whatever. I live a full life. And with many of my sisters and brothers here, I'll share some things with you in time. So you see that I'm not just a YouTube talking head, fake behind person, trying to whatever, ego and all. Nah, nah, nah. I'm just glad that I made it to this age and have the presence of mind and state of mind and a little bit of wisdom that I've gained and the wisdom that you all share with me. You all feed me so much, these comments and different things and the emails and text messages. I've learned so much from you all. And when I say you all, I'm not saying like some cookie. You all, you people. No, you know, I don't mean it that way, right? But anyway, I am going to sign off. I just want to say I love you all so much. Thank you all for all the motivation you give me. I'll always give back. I'll always take time. And I still do the conversations privately on the phone if you need motivation. But I'm so, I got a lot going on, really, y'all. I got a lot. I mean, good stuff, you know? Got a lot of good stuff going on. And I'm focused on that. But all of that will even out, and I'll be available for everybody, you know? Because, like Pastor Miles Monroe said, you got to transition empty. And that's what I want to do. Much love to you all. Peace. And we'll speak later or tomorrow. But there will be some content coming later on. Thank you all so much. Much love. Make sure to go to landscurve.com, an online magazine established in 2001, containing written articles, thousands of talk shows and discussions, cutting-edge cartoons, as well as erotic expressions and tasteful adult photography. It's definitely not for the faint of heart. Once you get a taste of the world of Landscurve, trust me, You'll be back for more. LanceGurve.com Bold, raw, and uncut.